We apologize for the late pizza, but uh, I think Tanya got to show the love of God to those uh, people at Domino's who were in a panic because their system shut down and they were 30, 40 minutes late with a whole lot of people's pizzas and here we were with an order of 24 pizzas and there was people in there waiting for an order of 10 pizzas and not everybody had the love of God showing because you don't come between a human and their pizzas but um, Tanya handled herself with love and and so I'm glad y'all handled yourself with love and didn't attack us and it's just a good night. Uh, after the friendship series that we just finished, which I totally enjoyed, I'll just have to tell you, it's, it has been a really good study for me, and, and I look forward to the fruit of it. But I kept being drawn back to something that we read when we were talking about Jonathan and David. You remember that was in, it was in part two, so it was a ways back. I realize you'll have to think back on it. But there was a scripture that we read. It's found in 1 Samuel 18, if you want to turn there. And I am, I'm reading out of a little different version on this verse. Uh, it is the complete Jewish Bible. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and use um, Saul instead of trying to pronounce the Hebrew. And I'm going to use the word Jonathan instead of trying to pronounce the Hebrew. But in verse 1 it says, By the time David had finished speaking to Saul, who was the king, Jonathan, who was the king's son, found himself inwardly drawn by David's character. He found himself inwardly drawn by David's character so that Jonathan loved David as he did himself. Now, this is not some kind of twisted love. This is a divine connection that God has, has placed this favor on David so that uh, the king's son is drawn to his, to David's inward character. And, you know, we were studying friendship, and I tried to stay with that uh, on, the, on, the follow, on the previous weeks. But tonight I want to step into favor. Now, I realize favor is Mark's subject. He wrote the book on it, and he teaches it so well. If you've ever watched Mark's Sunday school classes or you've heard him up here teach on favor... He just has a revelation of favor. So usually I ask Mark to teach favor. But what God brought to me is a little different than the way I've studied it and taught it. And this is what brought me to it. So he began to deal with me that, that this divine favor that's on us as God's people if we don't receive the fact that God favors us, then we can never have faith to have favor from people. And I think, you know, we read the scriptures on favor and we believe God, you know, we use our faith that we'll find favor in certain circumstances with people. But it was the character it was the character that David had because he had been favored by God that drew Jonathan to him. 
David's character, his inward character, drew the king's son to favor him. But it was all a branch of God's favor on David. And David had received that favor. He walked in that favor. And, and if you go back and read the story of David, you'll see that. And tonight's message may come out more like bullet points than a flowing message because it just came to me in thoughts. But the first note that I scribbled down when this was just kind of brewing over inside of me was walking in God's divine favor is not only a matter of faith, of being able to believe that you'll find favor with people. But it's also a matter of letting his divine favor towards me become a revelation to the, to the point that it changes my heart. David had a heart that would produce favor. If Tanya had gone in to Domino's tonight with our pizzas being late and their system crashed... And she had operated out of a prideful, angry heart. She can pray and believe for God's favor with dominoes all she wants. Her heart would not produce the favor. But because she's already received a revelation of God's favor towards her, that she's chosen by God, as we all are, it produced a different response from the Domino's people because of her heart. I mean, she lived the example of tonight's message. <laughs> I'm so glad you behaved. I, I don't know where I would have gone to an example if, if you had misbehaved. God's favor on David first produced something in David. God's favor on David first produced something in David before it resulted in favor on David from other people. And, you know, we all have circumstances where we're like, you know, God, I thank you that your favor surrounds me like a shield. That's what the scripture says. Father, I thank you that your favor goes before me. I thank you that I have favor with God and with man. And that's true. That's what the scripture says. Well, I'll give you the verse here in a little bit. But, you know, if we really, in fact, I'll give it to you now. It's found in uh, Proverbs 3.3. 3, and we often quote part of it. Proverbs 3.3. 3, Father, I thank you that, that I find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. But we often forget about our part that's right above it. Because God's favor, knowing that God chose me, that he gave his son for me, produces something in my heart that draws people to have favor on me. It says, let not mercy or kindness and let not truth, which is stability and trustworthiness, leave you. But tie them about your neck and write them on the table of your heart. So shall, thy so shall you find favor. So shall you find favor and good understanding or insight in the sight of God and man. What produced it? God's favor producing in your heart. It draws the favor of man. And a lot of times we like to just 
quote the second half of that verse, and I think we really need to look at the whole thing. For me, this was, I don't know why I haven't really thought of it this way, but this was what kept going over and over in, in me is that I keep believing for favor, but godly favor with people was born out of the revelation that I found favor with God through Jesus Christ. How can I believe for favor to come from mankind if I can't even receive the fact that I have found favor in the eyes of God through Jesus Christ? When you try to confess yourself into it all day long, but you're chosen by God. He chose to send His Son to die for you. He, 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 he picked you. He wanted you. He chose you. And that ought to produce some things in our heart. It ought to produce a different attitude in our heart. Go with me to Ephesians 1. I promise you'll get it by the time I get through. It was kind of hard for me to put into words what I was feeling. Ephesians 1, we're going to jump down and start in verse 3. I'm reading out of the King James Version if you're on a device. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. When you live chosen, you live different. You think different. You may not have been chosen by your parents. You may not have been lived like you were chosen by your husband or wife. Your children may have walked away. I, but you will, your heart will be different if you can get a hold of the fact that God chose you. He chose you. And, and, and we live chosen. He has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What? See, if we put everything on our behavior, then we won't live holy and blameless. But he chose to put my sin nature on Jesus Christ. And I chose to accept that substitute. I chose to accept Jesus as my substitute. And now I can live holy and blameless before him in love. Having predestined us, he already made up his mind about you. You may not have made up your mind about him, but the salvation's already provided. We just accept him. We accept Jesus as our salvation. Having predestined us unto the adoption, children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. It is his good pleasure and it was his will to say, I'm adopting you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it's like to be an orphan or to be 
in, in a foster home and have God come in and say, pack her stuff. She's going with me. That's what God did to us. And it was his good pleasure and it was his will. And he chose us. We ought to live differently because he chose us. He chose us by Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good will and pleasure, to the praise of the glory of his grace. It shows how gracious he is. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Jesus made us accepted. You know, people strive all their lives to be accepted, to feel accepted. To look like they're accepted. And right here, God has provided us acceptance in Jesus Christ. When you look that up, that word acceptance, it means he endued us with special honor. And we are highly favored. The only other time that this particular word is used in the New Testament is when the angel approached Mary and he told her that she was highly favored among women. And now he looks at you and he said, you've been accepted. You've been highly favored in Christ. God has highly favored you. And I think what he wants to get out tonight, if I can get it out, is that your favor that you're looking for in situations and circumstances from people is all rooted right here in being able to accept the fact that God chose you and that you are accepted by him in Christ Jesus. That's, that's it. And when we understand that in Christ we're acceptable and that we're desirable to God. You know, we try so hard to be desirable. Ladies, the world is going nuts doing crazy things to be desirable. And they just have to take it further and further and, and to, to the point where it's, it's reprobate, to the point where it's, it's sickening. I mean, Rusty and I sometimes will just see a commercial. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even going to sit here and watch that commercial. Because especially women just putting their bodies out there and their behavior out there, even professional athletes and, and people just doing, having to go extreme to be likable, to be desirable. But he desired you. He desired you and he desired me. I'm not rejected. Oh, I've been rejected, but I'm not rejected. That is not my identity. That is not, and, and when we can get that through our heads, then it, it affects our behavior, and it also affects who's drawn to us. You think about it. Who's drawn to the rejected person? Abusers. Abusers. That Satan goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And one of the one of the most 
desirable personality types to the enemy is the rejected. One of the most desirable types to a gang is the rejected. Evil of all kinds. They're looking for the rejected. We can't live rejected. We're chosen. And, the, and if we live favored by God, it's not pride. Oh, it's anything but pride. When you think God chose you and he gave his son to die for you, that's not pride. When you realize that you're desirable because of the blood of Jesus Christ that covers uh, your mistakes, that covers, well, it doesn't cover them, it wipes them out. It rids you of them. And then what do you draw? Then you draw favor from people. They don't even have to be godly people. They don't even have to be godly people. You know, what we're drawing has, it comes from what we're projecting. When we live chosen, we don't need to manipulate for favor. When we live chosen, we don't need to manipulate for favor. There's so much manipulation in relationships. Trying to gain favor from the world or from God. There's a lot of Christians trying to manipulate God to favor them. No, he sees you through Jesus Christ. He sees you through Jesus Christ. You don't have to... We, I think we mentioned fasting Sunday. You don't fast to manipulate God to favor you and help you in a situation. You fast so that you can hear God because he's trying to help you in the situation. You're putting your flesh down and putting God first. But a lot of people use fasting as manipulation. That's what the cults do. That's what the Old Testament people who served Baal... They, manipulate, they would fast, they would cut themselves, they would abuse themselves to try to manipulate God to perform for them. That's not what favor does. That's not what favor produces. We don't want to move over into manipulation to try to get God's favor on us because that is not God's tool. God's divine favor on your life looks totally different than the world's way of getting favor. Favor is not conforming. It's amazing how people will conform to wrong just to get somebody's favor. I want to be desirable to him, so I'll sleep with him. I want to be desirable to them, so I'm going to do what they ask. I'm going to go along with them because I want to be accepted by them. Divine favor does not conform. It stays true to the true source of favor. And you can go back through the Old Testament stories, and we'll look at a few tonight. And you, that's what you will find. Divine favor was on those that stayed true to the source of true favor. They didn't conform. They didn't bow. They didn't bow to get favor. If you gain favor by doing what people want you to do, then you've got to keep doing what they want you to do to stay in favor. And you'll be worn out. You'll be worn out, especially if you're going against the truth. If, if, you, if you're trying to do what people want or you're telling them what they want to hear, to stay in favor, 
then you've got to keep that up and you, in order to stay pleasing in their sight. Go with me to Daniel. We're going to do quite a bit of reading there. Old Testament. Next to Ezekiel, if that helps you. Go to Matthew and go left. That helps you. I'm going to pick and choose some verses here just to show you. We don't, I don't often use Daniel when I'm talking about favor, but it's certainly, certainly there. I'm sorry, chapter 1. We'll do a little bit of reading there, and then we're going to go to chapter 6. So, Daniel 1. I just want to run down to verse 8 and 9 and kind of... Whew, The prince of the, of the eunuch, um, he was given names to some of the Hebrew guys. He was giving them names that would go along with their kingdom. And they were trying to get them to eat things that they weren't supposed to eat. And it says in verse 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs, which was like a chief of staff, if you will, that he might not defile himself. And now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, Hey, I fear the king, but okay, let's test this. We'll do it ten days. And if you don't look sick after eating your way instead of eating the food from the king's table, uh, the king's menu, so to speak then I'll do what you ask. But point being here, Daniel didn't bow to be accepted. He stayed true. He stayed true to God's ways of doing things. He did not defile himself by eating what was trying to... What he most of them would have thought would have got him favor with the king's leadership. He said, no, I don't want to defile myself. So he stayed true to the source of divine favor. And what happened? He found favor. God brought Daniel into favor. God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And God worked that situation out for him. Now go over to chapter 6. And these aren't the only examples in Daniel. I just... I guess God knew the pizza malfunction. And <laughs> chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6. And I am going to start reading in verse 1. It pleased Darius, now Darius is king, to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. Heart. Heart brought favor. An excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm he's not even from there 
He's not even supposed to be in this position. But the favor of God was on him. And then what happened? Verse 4. Then all the, the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And you know what? He wouldn't bow to that. So they set it up. They fluffed the king's feathers, if you will. They manipulated the king in his pride. And they said, hey, let's make a law. Nobody prays to any god but you. And the king goes, oh, yeah. Makes him feel like the man. So he passes the law. There's just one problem. Daniel's not going to. He's, he opens his window and he prays to God just like he always did. He stayed true to the true source of favor. The king reluctantly had to stick to his law because the way he did it, it couldn't be revoked because he was manipulated into that. But he loved Daniel. He had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. Most of you remember that story as, as a kid. But the next morning, that king ran out there. and He hollered for Daniel. He said, has your God saved you? Yes, Daniel said. God sent angels and they shut the mouths of lions. And those lions' mouths come in a lot of forms that the favor of God can shut up. The favor of God can shut the mouths of lions. And so Daniel... Though the king was manipulated, Daniel would not be manipulated. And he, he stayed true. Anyway, you know the rest of the story. He's protected. Darius makes a new decree that everybody should worship the God of Daniel. And so God gets glory for favor on Daniel. But my point being, Daniel's heart was in line for favor to be produced. Daniel's heart was in line for favor to be produced. Is my heart in line for God's favor to produce? Am I favored by God? Yes. Are you favored by God? Yes. But is my heart, is my heart in line to let that favor produce with man? Then I need truth and mercy about my neck. I need to walk like I'm chosen, not in pride, but not manipulating, not bowing, staying true to the source of, of divine favor. Is my heart, and I know this was for me, because <laughs> there's some areas I need favor in. There's areas you need favor in. Am I keeping my heart right to for the favor of God to produce, to produce in my life? From what I've studied this week in the scripture, divine favor is where God puts his attraction on you to others. They're drawn to you. They choose you for the job. They might not even know why. They may not even know why. 
They make you the good deal on the car. Where's Ken? They make you the good deal on the car. They help you when you've got a flat tire. There, there is an attraction on you when you walk in the favor of God. And they may not even understand why. Look, it, it happens in all situations and circumstances. You can go back and you can read story after story and accounts in the Bible and you will see they can be in prison accused of rape. They were not guilty, but accused of rape. And God's divine favor would bring them up to where they're leading the nation. That was Joseph. There is nothing you can say there but God. But you know what? Joseph kept his heart in line for the favor of God to produce. What if he had gotten angry? What if he'd have slept with Potiphar's wife? I mean, she's putting it out there. She's probably pretty. He kept his heart right for the favor of God to produce. He didn't... It, it doesn't talk about him mouthing and being angry because he was uh, falsely accused. He went to prison. He still interpreted dreams, still walked in his purpose of God. He kept his heart in line for the favor to produce. And therefore, it didn't matter if it was his brothers. His brothers threw him in a pit to die. And at the end of the story, you know what you see? Him feeding his brothers in a time of famine. He kept his heart right for the divine favor to produce. They, his brothers sold him, decided they couldn't stand the thought of killing him, so they sell, sell him into slavery. Then he goes to Potiphar. Potiphar, you know, throws him in jail for thinking he's tried to rape his wife. Keeps his heart right. Finds favor at jail. Finds favor in jail. You can, God's favor has no limits there. It can produce anywhere. But I believe Joseph had a part in keeping his heart where the favor could produce. Favor's there. God, God's chosen you. The favor's there, but let's keep our hearts where the favor of God can produce for us anywhere. Anywhere, anytime. It's better than y'all shouting. Y'all ate pizza tonight, didn't you? I didn't eat, so. Manipulation can never take you where God's favor can. Manipulation can never take you where God's favor can. Y'all, God's favor is way above your ability. God's favor is way above your talent. God's favor is way above your abilities. God's favor is way above your charming personality. God's favor can make you appealing when everybody thought you were the dumbest person in school or the most charming person. It doesn't matter. God's favor on you puts an attraction on you. The right kind. I don't even know where I am now. Mm. Oh, yeah. In studying these on 
Esther and uh, Ruth and Daniel and Joseph, I began to see a common thread that divine favor is tied to divine purpose. The divine favor is tied to divine purpose. He's taking them somewhere. This divine favor is taking you somewhere. You know, when he says you'll stand before kings, that you'll stand before mighty men, you'll stand before kings, that's not for you to have more followers on TikTok. It's for the purpose of the kingdom. He brought Daniel up, he chose him, and he used him for the purpose of the kingdom. He blessed him, blessed his socks off. I mean, he blessed him. Joseph, he blessed him. I mean, he was right under Pharaoh. He blessed him, but he also did it for the purpose of the kingdom, for the children of Israel. Ruth. He blessed Naomi through Ruth, but he also brought us David that we just read about through Ruth who brought us Jesus Christ through his lineage. So with this divine favor, when we realize the divine favor on our lives also serves a purpose for God, it's an encouragement for me to walk in it and go, I wonder where you're taking this. I wonder where you're taking this. You know, who I, who I am in this story, you're, he blesses us. When I say he uses us, I don't mean that like mankind uses us. God blesses the vessel he flows through. He, he does. And when he puts his favor on us to be used, he blesses the vessel that he flows through. There's nothing more joyful than walking in the will of God and doing what God's called you to do. This divine favor, you'll start finding it tilt the scale in your favor. If we keep our attitude, attitude right, it attracts the right people to you at the right times. And it also will attract, the right, attract you to the right people at the right time for them. Because this favor is godly. It's not a taking favor. It's, it's, it's a receiving favor and a giving favor. Can you be used for the favor of God to flow through? Because it's not just about receiving it. It's about expressing God's favor. Being used. Being, what does that feel like when, when the favor of God is on us? You'll be attracted to somebody and it won't be the wrong kind of attraction. Okay, it'll be, it'll be pure love. I remember my dad used to, when he was talking to us, he was teaching to us about ministry. He would say, you know, a lot of times when the gifts of the Spirit are going to be used and you're going to be using a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or gifts of healing, he said, you'll feel uh, an, a, an attraction towards somebody, but you'll know, you'll know it's not sin. Like if a woman's needing healing in her body and my dad was up here ministering, he'd say, I know it wasn't an attraction like I'm attracted to her. He would know it was, it was a, it's a pure love. It's a pure attraction. And so we're not just receiving favor. We're also operating in God's favor for it to flow through us. And there may be people that you're assigned to to help. 
And it's amazing to me the strength to put up with them. Now, y'all can act religious if you want to, but this is the truth. Can anybody in here want to say amen right now and make me feel better for what I just said? Okay, thank you. It's amazing the strength that you can have to be long-suffering. We'll use a religious word. Maybe y'all can swallow it better. To be long-suffering, with, to stay with them through their journey, to, to, to have God's favor expressed through your love for them and what you're willing to do for them because it's part of His divine purpose for them. And He gets to use you. And you'll know when it's time. You'll know when it's time to... They're, they're at a place where they can walk on their own. And, 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 and God's not an enabler. He's an empowerer. And there's a huge difference. And when they become empowered where they can stand on their own, then you can, you'll feel that lift. You'll always love them. They'll always be special to you. But it's kind of like your kids. There's a time that they grow up and they move out. Or they're supposed to. But that's what God's divine favor feels like when it's flowing through you. It's a, it's a godly attraction. A godly attraction. And God will tell you what to do, what he needs you to do for them. And it's to fulfill his promise in their life. He's trying to get something to them. We see Ruth, and you can look, you can look it up later, but in Ruth 3... Willing to position herself, to position her heart for the favor of God to produce in her. And she gains favor from Boaz. <coughs> but she submits herself to him. She, had, she put her heart in a position for it to produce favor from Boaz. And because of that, as we said, Naomi was blessed. And then the lineage of Jesus came out of that relationship. Esther. Oh, whew. Y'all, seen the, y'all seen the production at Branson, had you? Oh, ladies, y'all got to go. Oh, Esther, that's the favor of God. I mean, yes, I'm sure she was beautiful, right? She was, she was picked to be there for the king. But all the other women there were beautiful too. My goodness, they went to the spa for a year. Every woman ought to get a year of spa treatments before marriage. I, I think it ought to be a law. We have example, we have biblical example. They all smelt good. Every single one of them, their skin was soft. They had been soaking in oils and... I mean, they had been pampered and trained. They're getting ready to be presented to the king. But Esther, she was chosen. She was chosen because God's divine favor was on her life and because her heart allowed that favor to produce that attraction that was needed for her to save her nation, to save her people. But she had to have her heart aligned for that favor to produce that. She couldn't go in there going, stupid king, such a chauvinist. Men. (sighs) She couldn't do the eye roll. The head nod. 
None of that. She had to have her heart positioned for the favor of God to produce favor with the king. She walked into places where women were not allowed to walk. She walked into a place where the last queen, well, let's just say she's gone. She's gone. She had the favor of God on her, and she walked in to the king's court where she, he could have had her killed for doing so. But no, mm-mm. he lifted that up and he said, you're, you're, you're chosen. You're chosen. Come on in. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. What an example of our, our Lord and Savior, our King of Kings, who's allowed us in and said, tell me what you need. Anything within the kingdom is yours. That's the best divine favor. Divine favor. In most of the accounts where the favor of God tilts the scale for a person, the tough part is you will also find animosity from man. And, and we've got we to say that. Because the favor of God was on Joseph, his brothers wanted to kill him. Because the favor of God was on Daniel, the other leaders wanted to get rid of him. Because the favor of God was on Mordecai and God's people, Haman wanted to get rid of them. So anywhere there's the favor of God, there can be animosity, jealousies, and envies coming from mankind. Stay true to your source. Don't bow to the pressure. Don't walk in pride, walk in humility, but walk in the favor of God. Just keep walking in the favor of God. Let it produce in you because God has a purpose for that favor. He has a purpose for that favor. You see it when David's brothers question his motive. When he's there, they won't fight Goliath. David's brothers won't fight Goliath. They're running from him. They're hiding from him. David comes in. He said, what do I get? <laughs> what do I get if I, kill, if I kill Goliath? What do I get? This Philistine's uncircumcised, uncovenant, non-covenant Philistine. David's brothers say, we know why you're here. You're just down here to watch the battle. You're just down here. And they start. But wait. God's divine favor is on David to save you who are questioning his character. Now, our position, if God's favor is on us to help somebody, is to keep our heart right so that we can help them and the divine favor will be there to produce on us instead of us getting angry and reciprocating the feelings and the words that are coming from those people that are envious of the favor. Keep it pure. Keep your heart pure. Keep it where it can produce the favor that God's placed in us. Favor doesn't mean you're going to be popular. It means you're chosen. We need to let God's favor produce a favorable heart. A favorable heart. Favorable. A favor 
able heart. Is your heart favor able? Favorable. Is my heart favorable in the situation that I'm believing God for his favor on? Is my heart favor able? That was God's question for me, so I'm going to put it on you <laughs> and me. I'll end with just a couple of verses. You can just take note of them. Proverbs 22.1 tells us that favor is better than silver and gold. Yes. Favor is better than silver and gold. Proverbs 3.3, 3, we read that one about mercy and truth being bound about our neck, and that we would find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Psalm 5.12 says the Lord will bless the righteous with favor. He will compass us or encircle us with protection like a shield. God's favor. See, we always want to defend ourselves. When envy and strife and accusations come, we want to defend ourselves. But if we let God's favor encircle us as a shield, it will defend us. We used to sing a song about, he's the defender of my heart. Good song. That's my hint. Uh, you can go to Acts 7-9, and you, there you can read a kind of a summarized version of the effect of favor on Joseph. And if you want to read the full story on Joseph, you can go to Genesis 37. I believe God's correcting my heart because he wants favor, his favor to produce in my life. And so this really set my, set my heart straight. I want my heart to be favorable. Amen? All right. It's 8 o'clock, but if you've got something on favor, Ken has the mic, and he's coming for you. He's coming for you. You've been favored, Kayla. Chosen. I just a note I took kind of rephrasing a concept you said. When my heart is in line for divine favor to be produced, the circumstances of life will not move me, but only press out the spiritual fruit that is inside of me. That's good. Did you want him to say that again? Can you say that again, please? When my heart is in line for divine favor to be produced, the circumstances of life will not move me, but only press out the spiritual fruit that is inside of me. It's good. Very good. Chew on, chew on that. Brett. When you were talking about Daniel, you mentioned that they tried to... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, they changed the names of all the uh, the four Hebrew yeah. uh, people there. But in the in Daniel, whenever like Nebuchadnezzar or one of those kings is talking about Daniel, mm -hmm. they call him by that name, 
But when Daniel's talking about himself, uh, mm. I had it pulled up, but I forgot where it's at. But it says, appeared to me, Daniel. And he, he, he did not accept. That's you good. touched on it very well, but to me, the name thing. That's good. Because th- those names have meanings. Like Daniel means, like God is my judge. Yes. So it was important. At least He clung to, to his identity God had given him right. instead of what they were giving him. Exactly. Very well put. It's very good. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a good good thing to look up right there. Yeah, to add on to what Brett just said, all of the children of Israelite, all of their names were connected with God, if you look at the meanings, all of them. And the names that they were changed to were all connected with a false god. Oh. So they their names were changed to reflect the gods that that kingdom worshipped. Wow. That's good. Good point, guys. Good lesson. We've been studying in Esther in home group study, and we found out that Esther means bright and shining star. So she was a star, you know, and highly favored to save the children of Israel and stuff. She was a light, wasn't she? She was a light, and I just thought that was interesting how her name was changed to Esther because that wasn't her original name, but it meant bright morning star to, you know, to coincide with what. That's good. You no. Know. Yep, that's good. She stood out. She stood out. But it's God's favor that made her stand out. We look for so many other things to make us stand out to be chosen. I should be chosen because... Well, then we're in the wrong vein. We're thinking the wrong way. It's got to be God's, God's choosing that's, that fills in that blank. That really takes the pressure off of us, doesn't it, to perform? Anybody else? All right, y'all can stand. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for, the, for your word. We thank you for, that your word is God-breathed. You breathed into it, Father, what you wanted us to draw from your DNA. And, Father, I just thank you that you have corrected me tonight, that you are keeping my heart, encouraging me to keep my heart in line to be favorable, to, that your favor can produce in me, that what I've been striving for is simple. You've chosen me. And all I have to do is keep my heart favorable and to recognize that favor that you've given us so that we can walk in it, so that it can produce, not just for us, Father, but for the kingdom. We thank you for the things that are, there's going to be breakthrough for people as, they, as you make this revelation, as the Holy Spirit takes it and applies it to their lives, that breakthrough in those areas they've been looking for, that it's coming because your favor is on us. And we sure thank you for that. It is in Jesus' name that we say, Amen. Amen.